Welcome to the Solomon's Porch Podcast, the podcast from the worship experience of Solomon's Porch at Valdosta First United Methodist Church. We want you to be encouraged and inspired in your faith journey. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving or using heavy machinery, and enjoy. So, you know, when I was setting this up and trying to get the clips together, I was like, no, stop there. No, keep going. Oh, no, I just said, let's just do the whole video. So you got a good five-minute deal about the Sneetches. Who's familiar with that story before watching it today? See, so I'm glad that we watched the whole thing because now you understand Sneetches a lot better, right? And they're really narrow-minded and they're shallow and they have nothing in common with us at all. Uh, not so much these silly sneeches. And, and the thing is, is they're dwelling on the differences. Who's got stars upon NARS? Who's a plain belly? Who's a star bellied? And they, they focus in on these differences. And, and uh, I was thinking about that. And just look around the room for a minute, if you would. Look at all the differences that are in this room today. All the differences that are represented in here today. I think about this. We've got, obviously, we've got males in here. We've got females in here. We've got different genders in here. We've got different ethnicities in here. We have uh, different accents in here. Uh, we have different political parties, believe it or not. We have different salaries. We make different amounts of money. We have different levels of education. We have um, different sports teams, allegiances. Okay, that's when it starts to get really serious. Okay, everything else is like minor, but now it's really getting... We've got people who are left-handed and who pe- people who are right-handed or people like me. I'm amphibious. I use both my hands. I'm an ambidextrous. Just seeing if you're paying attention. We've got people who are pigeon-toed and who are knock-kneed and who are bow-legged. Okay? We've got people who have... What about, you know, you've got the, the earlobe that's connected... Or you've got one that flaps in the wind, right? Because it's just kind of hanging out there. You, what about your nose? You know, do you have like the little ski jump nose like I have, the little pug thing, and it shoots, you know, is your, is your nose, is it like that really awesome, like, guys, you have that cool Roman nose, it's just like model-esque, you know, is it, is it wide, is it narrow, did someone clock you one time and you got a story to tell because it's a little off-center now? You know, we got our, no- what about your eyes, Right? Are they are they smaller? Are they big? Are they are are they closer together or wider apart? Are they squinty? You know, are, what what color are they? Oh my goodness! We could spend all day talking about the different colors of our eyes in here. We have so many differences. I mean, we could go on and on about our differences. And a little a little insight into our starred belliness today, because we are we are sneeches. We are them, and when we watch this and we think, oh gosh, those guys, they need to get together, but we are, what's the correct grammar on that? They? We are, we're the star-bellied sneeches. But just by, listen, here's the thing, just by me uh, listing the differences, some of you are going, you mean to tell me they let left-handed people in here? Some of you are going, you mean there's, there's someone that's registered with a different political party that came in here today? Somebody, they let flappy earlobe people come in here? Are you kidding me? See, we, when we start talking about differences, there's this little part of us going, yes, I know, you know Jesus loves the little children. We're all, you know, yay, red and yellow, black and white, yay, yay. Yeah, I got that, but I'm better. I'm superior. I mean, have you looked at my nose? 
right? This is what we do. Not, don't really look at my nose. I'm talking about our, don't, don't look at my nose. Um, but we start this, we start talking about politics or money or sports and all this, and we, we start to think to ourselves, you know what? I am a star-bellied snitch. I've got a star upon the R. And you, 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 that thinks differently than me, acts differently than me, votes differently than me, talks differently than me, you are a plain-bellied snitch. We're sneeches. I mean, we are. We, when we talk today about the, the gospel of Jesus found in Dr. Seuss, it is alive and well in this story about the sneeches. There was a, um, t- talk about, let's talk about race for a second. And it's funny because I almost hesitated when I was reading the baptismal covenant with Stephen Abbey for, for Walker. One of the questions is, uh, do you support the church uh, and, and it's an openness to all people of all ages, nations, and races? See, even in our, our terminology, we use this term race, but actually we need to change that. Um, geneticists will say, and they study like ethnicity and all this stuff, they will say that our um, ethnicity, uh, no matter which one you claim, all of our ethnicities are so, so, so similar that it's actually bad science to use the term race because there's really not just one. If you were to do the swab right now and do the you know, DNA thing right now, it's amazing what you would find that we are all so similar to actually start to segregate people into races is it's bad science. It's really not correct. And so when we try to sit here and separate and, and, and divide, we're being sneeches. And, and actually, there you'd say science even proves that, that we're, we're trying to, to separate when we shouldn't be. And so honestly, if you think about us today versus this story, The Sneetches have it pretty good because all they're worried about is who's got a star and who doesn't. That's it. Who's got a star upon there and who's a plain-bellied Sneetch? Which one are you? And and that's all. We can focus and we can go in a thousand, thousands different directions about our differences, can't we? And I want you to think about this for a minute because here in this this story, um, Sylvester McMonkey McBean, who's a raging capitalist, by the way, and, um, and I'd love it for the rest of the day if anytime someone says something to you and you need to say thank you, if you just go, thank you, thank you. Justin and I were cracking up at the early service every time he kept saying that. So anyway, so here we've got Sylvester McMonkey McBean, and he brings in this invention, and he starts to give people the option to be a star belly or plain belly, and which one's the best. But whenever it becomes, becomes apparent that there's the option to, to have the star, to remove the star, and when they realize actually how similar they are, what happens? Does it, does suddenly it's like this big, like, at the, in the middle of the story, this kumbaya session, you know, takes place, and like candle lighting, and they're like, yay, we're all the same. In the middle of the story, that's not true. I mean, they go through this really long, involved process. I mean, they had to learn it over and over and over again that they were wrong. And so you think about this, this invention, it presented this problem for these original star bellies. And I want us to look at scripture today because believe it or not, scripture speaks to this. And that's why I said the gospel of Jesus is alive and well through the writings of Dr. Seuss. Um, there's no doubt that he was a Christ follower in the way he wrote and the way he addressed um, people and, and how we live on a day-to-day basis. But so there was this church, actually, a real church, real story. And they had a problem. And basically, the church was filled with star-bellied snitches. And there were these people coming along, and they were saying, okay, we want to follow Jesus too, 
But all the star-bellied snitches in that church, these ultra-ultra-religious people, were making it incredibly hard for anyone else to come in. They were like, if you're not just like us, if you don't have the lineage that we have, if you don't have the knowledge that we have, if you don't have the history that we have, then, I mean, you can come in, but you're never really going to be part of the church. And you're going to have to really jump through a whole lot of hoops. And it's probably going to be really uncomfortable for a lot of you, the things you're going to have to do if you really want to be a part of this church, if you want to be part of the star-bellied church. And so Paul, the Apostle Paul, writes a letter to this church and, and gets onto them. I mean, he's like, look, you can't do this. You can't, you can't we're, if we're all in Christ, you can't sit there and say that you've got the star bellies and no plain bellies can come in. That's not the purpose. That's not why Jesus came. And here's what Paul says in Galatians chapter 3, addressing this church who are acting like star-bellied snitches. And, and he's, he's laying it out for them, and he, he kind of sums up by saying this. In Christ's family, there can be no division, no Jew and non-Jew, no, no star-bellied and plain-bellied. There, there could be no division. There can't be slave and, and, and free, star-bellied, plain-bellied. There is no male and female. There is no, uh, among us, among you, among us, you are all equal, equal. Equal. And Paul is speaking to a church in a society where the differences are what set everything up. I mean, politically, socially, um, relationally in the home, everything was about who was higher up, who was, who was lower, who was star belly, who was plain belly. And Paul comes in and goes, look, uh, in Christ's family, this is all done. This is all done. He goes on to say, among us, you're all equal. That is, we are all, and I want you to hear this, we are all in a common relationship with Jesus Christ. Paul is saying the foundation, the only thing that really matters is Jesus. Doesn't matter what's on your belly or what's not on your belly. Doesn't matter, what, you, doesn't matter what, what all you know or what you don't know, what your education level was. Doesn't matter how much you make or don't make. Doesn't matter if your great-great-granny started this church or if you just moved into town. It doesn't matter. It's all about this common relationship with Jesus Christ. This is the foundation. This is the basis of it all. And, and so Paul's saying you got to stop. You need to quit doing this. And so think about this. We're snitches. We are snitches. We do this. In here today, you and I have this opportunity that we see Paul saying to the church is we have a common relationship in Jesus Christ. And this is what the church should be. The church's function should be about living out our common relationship in Jesus Christ. That's, that's really, I mean, because listen, as, as Christians, as a church, we have a really bad reputation to everybody else. Outside of the church and non-believers, we're, we're known as star-bellied snitches. I mean, we are. I mean, even the best of the best of us, you, you're, I'm, I hate to tell you this, but you're connected to a group of people who, who have a bad reputation to the world, because we say we're, we are, you're not like us. Jesus is the one who comes in and says, I'm making my, my I, I, I'm, what I have done, what I have set into motion through my life, through my death, and through my resurrection is now available to all. It's available to all. And Paul's writing about this, this common relationship with Jesus Christ. We're snitches and we divide. You know, the most divisive thing I've heard, the mo I mean, the most divisive thing I've heard through this whole presidential election thing, 
See, some of you weren't listening. You weren't paying attention. I said presidential election. You went, oh, what's she about to say? <laughs> it happens. We do this. We kind of zone out. We zone in. You know, the, mo- the most divisive thing I've heard this whole time, and it, it went on for, it, was it eternity? Half an eternity? I'm not sure, but it was a long time. And what I heard, I did not read in a WikiLeaks report. I didn't see it on a 3 a.m. tweet. Um, it wasn't, um, it didn't come out of a, of a, a candidate's mouth, imperfect candidate's mouth. Um, the divisive stuff, the most divisive thing I heard through this whole time was this. When a Christian would say to another Christian, how can you call yourself a Christian if you support and then just go ahead and put the name of the candidates that you despise in that spot. Doesn't matter which, which party you're on. The most divisive thing I heard through this whole election was how one Christian would say to another Christian, how can you be a Christian if you support them? I have a star upon there, and that's a plain belly. How can you support them? The most divisive thing I heard through this whole thing was Christians trying to play self-righteous judge with another believer. And, of course, they usually said this in the, um, you know, the security of passive-aggressive you know, social media, you know, never really face-to-face. because that's. But, I mean, listen, we do this. We are sneeches. We, we, we do this. We say this. How can you be a Christian are some of the most dangerous words that could ever come off of your mouth for you to say to another person who says they're following Christ, how could you be a Christian? Because I promise you folks, the moment you say those words to somebody, the moment you think those words about somebody, how could they be a Christian and support fill in the blank? The moment you say or think those words, I'm telling you, you're going to get in your car and go somewhere. You're going to go to work. You're going to go home. You're going to parent your kids. You're going to be teaching in a classroom. You're going to be studying in a classroom. And you're going to do, say, or think something that someone else is going to sit there and go, how can they call themselves a Christian? Did you see how they cut me off in traffic? Did you see how they were acting at the grocery store? Did you see how they treated that waitress? How can they dare call themselves a Christian and act that way? So we got to be careful, folks, when we start making this stew of self-righteousness and pride and superiority. It's called like a star-bellied stew, and you start eating that, and you're going down a slippery slope. Because now it all becomes about actions. It all becomes about how you're perceived and you become the star-bellied, the, the starriest star-bellied there ever could be. You don't, you don't wanna, we don't want to partake in that. Do you want someone to come up to you after viewing you on just a regular day? Maybe nothing even went bad. Maybe it was kind of a good day. But would you like, to, would you like someone to um, <clears throat> come to your house later this evening and go, just thought you should know, you've been under... Um, uh, surveillance all day. We've got video and audio of, of your day. And we just wanted to say, how can you dare call yourself a Christian? I mean, does anyone want that? Does anyone want someone to come over later? I mean, how, we don't want to do this. It was the most divisive thing, and this is so sneaky. Now, self-righteousness, pride, and judgment. And the brother of Jesus, James, actually wrote about this. And this is what he says in James chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And it says this, see, we're talking about this, 
this, um, this looking at other people or other people saying things and, and questioning us. And here's what he says. My dear friends, don't let public opinion influence how you live out our glorious Christ-originated faith. If a man enters your church wearing an expensive suit with a star on it and a street person wearing rags, plain belly, comes in right after him and you say to the man in the suit, sit here, sir, this is the best seat in the house. Welcome, star-bellied snitch. And either ignore the street person or say, well, you're a plain belly, better sit in the back row. Haven't you segregated God's children and proved that you are judges who can't be trusted? See, this is what we do. We can be sneaky. This is what James is writing. He's saying, Lord, we, we, we're, we've got this Christ-originated faith. Everything that we believe about God, it comes down to Jesus Christ. And when you start to try to add things into that, when you start to try to say, well, you've got to do this, and Jesus. You gotta, you gotta pray this way, and Jesus. You gotta dress this way, and Jesus. You gotta vote this way, and Jesus. When we start to do that, we start to be divisive. It's just Jesus, Christ originated faith. And many times, these superior, inferior games that we play in the church, maybe they're a lot more subtle than the who gets to sit where. But we still play these games. As followers of Christ, we do this. We play these games. We, we live this way. We think this way. John Wesley, who was the founder of, of Methodism, um, he, he said this, and, and I actually want to add on a word or two. He said this, if your heart is with my heart, give me your hand. Now, knowing what he's written and knowing, knowing his ministry, he didn't mean, if you agree with me, if you agree with what I think, then, then let's be friends. No, no. He said, if your heart in Christ is with my heart in Christ, then give me your hand. It, it, so it wasn't about, there, there was no addendums to this. It wasn't like, if, you're, if your heart in Christ is with my heart in Christ, and you look like me, talk like me, vote like me, root for the same team for me, eat the same spaghetti sauce that I do, I'm trying to think of something, you know, then give me your hand. No, no. If your heart in Christ is with my heart in Christ, then give me your hand. See, no division. It all comes back to this Christ-originated faith. This Christ-originated faith. You know, the, the, the traditional custom in the church, and we, we might still do it a little bit. I think they probably did it more in a while back or maybe in more traditional settings. But um, how we refer to each other in, in the church. So I would look at, at Reuben here, and I would say, Brother Reuben. Right? He's my brother, right? Sister Mindy, right? We, 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 say, we say brother and sister. We, we say that in the church, we use these very direct familiar term, familial terms with each other. We call each other brother and sister. You know what we don't do? Oh, second cousin Crenshaw over there. You know, stepbrother Todd, you know, oh, he's on that side of the family. You know, we don't do that. Okay? It's brother and sister. It's, it's close ties. This is how we, we do this in the church. And see, when you start to separate by, well, you know, my third cousin once removed by marriage or whatever it is, we start to divide. 
It's this Christ-originated faith. It's, it all comes back to that. And folks, I can't think of anything better for us as, as people, as Christ followers, as people who, who um, maybe have spent the last many, many months thinking about what divides and, and focusing on that, than for us to say, oh, if your heart in Christ is with my heart in Christ, then give me your hand. Because I want to walk with you. I want to I walk alongside of you. I want to serve in the name of Jesus with you. See, it's about this Christ-originated faith. So I want to offer you real quick before we uh, move on. I, I want to offer you just these four things. See, we've talked a lot. We've been very sneechy. We've been very star-bellied sneechy and divided. So here's four things that without a doubt, if you call yourselves a Christian, these are four things that unite. These are four things that no matter what, if, if I'm a Christ follower and you're a Christ follower, these four things will unite us. The first one is this, creation. Folks, each and every one of us were created in the image of God. Think about that for a minute. There's people that you don't like. There's people that you can't stand. They were created in the image of God. That's true whether they're a believer or not. They were created. But as, as, a, as a fellow follower of Christ, if you and I are followers of Christ, this thing we have in common, we were created in the image of God. That's one thing that unites us, that we, can, we share in this, this glorious privilege of, of being made in the likeness of God. We're very, very, very much alike. Remember about the geneticists. The other thing is this. If you're a follower of Christ, the other thing that unites us is our calling. Each and every one of us um, have this calling in our life, and I don't know what it looks like, and I can't tell you what it is for you, but you have a purpose as a follower of Jesus. And, and, and it might be something big. It might be something it, that, that some people might perceive as small. It might be something in between. It might be professional. It might be relational. You might get paid for doing it. You might not. Uh, everyone might know about it, or no one will ever know about it. But I promise you, if you're a follower of Christ, you have a calling in your life. And that is to share the truth of Jesus Christ. So that's another thing that unites us. So we have creation, we have calling. Here's the third thing, and this one doesn't feel as good, but it's still true. Sin. Sin unites us all. When we start looking at other people, and we start going, well, they're definitely not a Christian because I saw that, I heard that, I read that. Someone else repeated it to me, so that makes it extra true. When we start doing that, I'm telling you, it's that stew we start partaking in. Folks, we are all imperfect people. We are all imperfect people. And what unites us is the need for Jesus Christ to come in and say, you have sinned. You have, you have grieved God. And I'm coming in to say, I'm making a way for you to live in forgiveness. I'm making a way for you to live in life and hope. So we have a, what unites us so far is creation, our calling, and sin, and here's the very best thing, and I just mentioned it, and it's this, it's Christ. If we're followers of Jesus, what unites us is, is, is Jesus. I mean, this is, this is it. This is the foundation. This is, this is the, the epicenter of it all. It comes down to this, Jesus. So yeah, you might be left-handed or right-handed. You, you might be really tall or really short. You, you might be a brunette or a blonde. You know, you might, you might really be gray, but that, that Grecian formula is working for you, you know. Listen, what unites us is Christ. Christ. That's what it is about. 
And so when John Wesley said, if your heart is with my heart, he was talking about Jesus. If your heart is with my heart, then give me your hand. As the church, as followers of Christ, we have a very big opportunity. Listen, McBean, like I said, he was a raging capitalist, and you kind of go, man, that guy made bank, you know, but uh, he, he, he fooled them all. But I want to tell you something. There is one who is, is much more conniving than, than McBean is, and he's real, and he's the enemy of your soul, and his name is Satan. And there's nothing more that this enemy would love to do than to make you, instead of focusing on Christ, Focus on the differences. Focus on the plain-bellied snitches. Look and see how someone is different from you, thinks differently from you, um, votes differently from you. There's nothing more that, that your enemy would want than that because that makes his job so super easy. Because our purpose in the world is to be light in the darkness. Our purpose in the world is to be light in the darkness. But when you, Christian, and I, Christian, star-bellied snitches, start to focus on things that don't really matter and focus on things that divide, we start to dim that light. We start to dim that light. And it makes it really hard for those outside to see something worthwhile. So we have this great responsibility. And what unites us is our creation and calling and yes, sin, but thank goodness for Jesus Christ. So let's don't let... Uh, Let's don't add to the darkness. Let's don't add to the, the, the petty and the sinful attempts to magnify differences. Let's be people who say, if your heart in Christ is with my heart in Christ, then give me your hand because I want to serve alongside of you. I want to be a light in the darkness to the world with you. And that's the gospel of Jesus found in Dr. Seuss in the story that Nietzsche's today. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you that... Um, Oh dear, we are so, so tempted to be divided. We are so tempted to, to look at someone else or something else and, and point out the, our perceived inferiority of it or whatever it may be. God, I thank you today that in Jesus Christ we are unified. In Jesus Christ we are made whole. I thank you today, God, that my star-belliedness my judgment, my superiority, my, my opinions, God, that I have, I, have, I have put on other people. God, would you forgive me for that? And I thank you that your son Jesus makes that forgiveness possible. Lord, I believe it grieves you when Christians are divided. I believe it grieves your heart. God, would you help us today to, to start to walk in, um, in unity? Would you help us today to start to walk in, in, in this hand-holding alongside of other people that claim you as their Lord? God, would you help us to be a light in the darkness? In the name and for the sake of your kingdom, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Solomon's Porch Podcast. 
We hope you heard some good practical news in this episode that you can apply to your life. If you'd like, we'd love for you to review our podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. You can also support our ministry by going to theporchvaldasa.com slash give. Until next time, stay classy, listening friends. Thank you.